0: walking the city streets. Your son or daughter walking across campus, maybe early morning, maybe late at night. We want to be safe. We want our children to be safe. And so today, that's what I'm going to be talking about, walking the streets and things we can do to stay safe. And it's because uh, one of my listeners or watchers um, wrote me a note and has a daughter at college and wanted to know some tips for her daughter to be safe out and about on campus okay so i'm gonna do i thought it would be good for a lot of people so i'm gonna do some general advice and some things to cover you know walking city streets walking across campus And then if that doesn't answer all of her questions, she can follow up with more direct questions and and I can answer those through the email. But I thought, what a great topic, instead of just answering her, why don't I help everyone with this topic because there's probably a lot of people that are walking city streets, there's a lot of us out there that have children and we want them to be safe when they're walking the streets off whether it's high school, college or beyond. And so, you know, it'll be a good topic today. But before we get started, I wanted to show my New York coffee cup. It's sort of there's some green on there because of the Statue of Liberty, so it sort of looks funny in the video that green screen kind of stuff kicking in. But I thought, you know, I'm talking about city streets. Why not grab the biggest city in the United States, New York, and use my New York coffee cup? I actually got this cup from my daughter a number of years ago, one of her high school trips to New York City. She brought that cup back for me as a gift. and So thought I'd use that cup today. And I wanted to share an interesting fact that I just learned this morning, and I was fascinated, and I thought you would be too. And that is the national animal of Scotland is actually the unicorn, a fictional mythical animal, not even a real animal. I saw that on TV and yeah, it's the national animal of Scotland is actually a unicorn. So now you have a good trivia question that you could fool people with today, unless they happen to watch that on TV this morning too. So let's get talking about safety. You know, and today's episode is all going to be about safety. And, you know, I made some notes when I was thinking about answering her. And I thought, no, I'm going to use these notes and do today's show. But one of the things when we're out and about and walking, you know, we can look at the, you know, Betty Grayson and Morris Stein did a study way back in the 80s. And and they interviewed a lot of predators and criminals and showed them videos and people walking And almost unanimously, they would pick out certain people that they would choose as targets and certain people they would leave alone. And this was across the spectrum of all these different criminals, you know, and their conclusions and stuff really came down to you could minimize the chances of being attacked and preyed upon by the way you walked in your posture. Now, I think there's a lot more to it than just taking a walking class and learning how to walk. However, there is a lot to that. And you will find this study in a lot of self-defense books over the last couple of decades, you know, very famous, you know, study done by Grayson Stein. But, you know, according to them, these were some universal signs of weakness and people that would be more apt to be preyed upon by predators. Short shuffling strides when walking, not swinging their arms in proportion with their stride, exaggerated side-to-side movement when walking, head facing at a downward angle when walking, you know, sort of the low self-esteem, your head's down, you're shuffling, you're not paying attention, those kind of signs, you know, show weakness and make you more attractive to predators. Because we have to remember, predators want something easy. If they think it's going to be tough, that somebody will fight back, or they will get caught, they're going to go looking for something else, you know, the majority of the time, okay? And and we're playing with averages here. Now, these are some signs, according to the Grayson and Stein studies, that, you know, the criminals and predators reviewing this, you know, we're all pretty much unanimous that not gonna mess with that person. They're a harder risk. Um, it's, it's riskier for the criminal to deal with people that are medium to long strides when walking, arms swinging in proportion to their stride, body movement and vertical alignment, which was viewed as strong and a determined walking pattern, the head level and eyes visible while walking. So essentially, we're saying, get your head up, shoulders back, walk with purpose, okay? Let you know, be confident, look around, pay attention to what's going on around you. You know, all this kind of stuff that I'm constantly teaching. And, you know, I'm teaching this stuff because it is proven to help keep people safe. I mean, it's, you know, according to these studies, your posture and stride can make you look like someone who would be difficult to subdue or who would put up a fight, or, you know, you're a hard target. If you look like a hard target, and somebody that that criminal doesn't want to mess with, good chances they're not going to mess with you. And it's not all physical size. You're like, well, Alan, you know, you're, you're a bigger guy. You can walk like that. Nobody's going to mess with you. You know, you know, you've been studying martial arts since the 80s, and you were in the military and all this stuff. They can't tell. They don't know I was in the military by looking at me. They don't know I've studied martial arts necessarily by looking at me. But they look at me and say, oh, he's sort of confident. He's paying attention. And yeah, a little bit of size does help. However, a smaller person with the confidence can still project that. It's like, I don't want to mess with it. You know, you ever tried to give a cat a bath that didn't want a bath? That cat's a lot smaller than you, right? Right but okay that's the kind of attitude so it's it's not always size you know it's that confidence and awareness and you know projecting that that like make people like eh, i'll go somewhere else where it's easier okay so you know, and again, according to the Grayson and the Stein studies, predators almost universally chose their victims based on their level of awareness and body language. Okay. this is so important. That's why I preach about situational awareness so much. It is so important. And the body language of projecting confidence, your directness, you know where you're going, so important. Okay. And now while you're doing that, we want to minimize our distractions. Put your cell phones away. Don't use headphones when you're out in public. Okay. Have your ears and eyes working out and about. Okay. Now you you look around these days and everybody's on their phone or they're texting and different things. You know, I even made a video walking down the Las Vegas Strip last week, right? One of my Coffee with Alan videos because it was 8 o'clock while I was walking to the hotel, 7 o'clock Vegas time. But I also had a retired police officer, somebody I trusted right next to me, who was being aware for both of us, sort of pulling security as I walked on the sidewalk. So I wasn't oblivious to everything. You know, I had the backup with Eric beside me. and. That's another important tip. If you can go in groups, that always projects a tougher target. Criminals much rather have someone alone. So if we can be with others, that can increase our safety. Even just one other person can increase our safety, especially if you're both walking with purpose, head up and about, paying attention. Now you have both people paying attention, you know, way less of a target. Okay. So I understand that's not always possible. Sometimes we have to do things by ourselves. And so that's why I'm giving these other tips as well. Okay. Keep your head level, your eyes visible and walking. Again, keep your head up, pay attention, Uh, maintain good posture, take those medium long strides. You know, this is sort of repetitive, what I said earlier, but I'm just, I want you to really get this. Now it's not, taking real long, you know, strides that, you know, are uncomfortable. It's just taking that good natural pace that, you know, you're direct, you know where you're going. Okay. And we don't want to project fear. We want to project confidence. Okay. So there is a difference there. Now, if you get scared of something and you decide to take off and run, that's okay. Trust those instincts and running away is a fantastic safety principle and technique okay i remember an article years and years ago by mark lonsdale and he said the best self defense you know practice you could do is take up a running program and get good at running and sprinting because <laughs> that will keep you safe out of way more situations sprinting away than actually fighting okay so there's nothing wrong with if there's something like that to just to get the heck out of there as well. But when we're walking, we don't want to walk like we're scared. We want to walk like we're comfortable and paying attention. Um, so have that strong, determined walking pattern. Um, you know, know your routes, know where you're going. Don't meander aimlessly. Now, but sometimes it's fun to meander aimlessly. Okay. If you're doing that, be it in a safe place if you're walking across campus at night or walking down a city street in the early morning late night dark and stuff walk with a purpose we're not meandering at that time okay Uh, know your personal boundaries and that is very important um Someone comes close to you, we don't let them get right up to them. We stop them, you know, at that distance away from us. Have that personal boundary space and know how to maintain it and keep it and be willing to enforce it if you have to. Okay. And if you enforce it even physically, you're going to do so without being guilty, without any apologies. No, nobody is allowed to cross our boundaries. Now, the last time I was in New York with my wife and uh, daughter, my daughter was with her school trip um, playing at Carnegie Hall. You know, one of the times she went to New York was with her band. They played at Carnegie Hall. My wife and I went there uh, to, to watch that concert and also, you know, do some sightseeing in New York. You have those people coming up with the CDs, Okay. I was a little bit rude and I set my boundaries and I did not let those people get close to me and my wife when we were walking out and about. And I even told my wife, I was like, you can't trust them. They will rob you. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them. And I'm not going to take the chance. Okay. And so I set the boundaries. I don't want it. And you'll put your hands in a non-aggressive in a defensive, non-aggressive, hey, stay right there. You're not getting close to me. I got nothing for you. You got nothing for me. And then continue on your way in a purposeful way. Um confident and, you know, keep an eye on them. Make sure they're not trying to sneak up behind you or get in that boundary. Now, you know, I did this with my wife and my wife was even like, you know, it was a little rude, but I was like and I explained it to her and she understood and later we found out that a student had let one of those guys get close, was going to pull out some money to buy one of the CDs, and the guy took the whole wallet, and the kid lost 100 bucks that he had in his wallet, okay? Um, luck- luckily, you know, he had other people there to take care of him, and he wasn't stranded or anything. You know, it could be much worse if you're alone and you get your wallet stolen and you don't have other recourses for help, right? So, we set our boundaries. We don't let people in our boundaries, and we're willing to defend those boundaries if someone won't stop. Now, somebody just wants to rob you, they're usually going to stop when you set that boundary, and they're going to go look for someone else. Someone that's determined that wants you, they might enter that boundary, and that's where you may have to defend yourself, okay? So, we got to be able to be prepared, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that shortly, Okay? So we also want to minimize the visibility of valuables. You know, the kid pulled out his wallet to get some money and show, you know, the guy saw he had a lot more money in there, took it all. So we either don't have valuables on us when we're out and about if we don't need them, or we make sure we minimize the visibility so we don't give potential criminals, you know, the idea that we have something valuable that they want to take, okay? Okay. I mentioned being with friends. It's always better if you can go in with a group. Uh, don't be afraid to have eye contact. You know, if, if somebody's coming up, you know, I don't want you being shying away and nervous and scared. I want you to look at them, not in a stare-down, aggressive manner, but let them know that you you see them and you're not afraid of saying, Hey, yeah, I see you there. And now you're prepared to set that boundary and don't be afraid to speak up and set that boundary. Somebody's, Hey, what do you want? I have nothing for you. Okay. Please you go your way. I'm going my way. You can be polite, but be assertive. Don't be aggressive and challenging. You cross that border into aggressive and challenging. You could invite some violence. You know, it's like, you know, stop there. Or I'm going to kick your butt, man. And you're getting all aggressive. No, we don't want to do that. Okay. Like, stop there. I have nothing for you. You go your way, I go my way. Okay. And and we're going to be a little bit, you know, assertive. We're not going to cross that aggressive line. Okay. So it's just stop right there. I got nothing for you. You go your way, I'm going mine. Okay. Don't let them enter your personal space. Okay. That's a big thing that you need to be able to learn and do. If you are uncomfortable doing that, Practice it. And you're saying, well, that seems so easy. I have been in classes where people have difficulty doing that. So we actually practice setting those boundaries and the verbalizing and using assertive language and assertive tones, not crossing over to aggressive. It's a skill you can practice and learn. Okay. And I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to have your kids, if they're off in college or high school stuff, teach them these skills so they can use them you know, and, and when we practice, we just do some role play and and, and practice some of this, okay? Um, if if you have a student and they're on a college campus, is there a college uh, security or escort or law enforcement service that the student can use to go places on campus so they're not alone? I remember when I was at the University of Montana, they, they had a service like that. You could call them and, and people would come and sometimes walk with you, sometimes the golf, court, golf cart and, and take you to the golf cart across campus. And sometimes law enforcement would show up either walking or with their police car to, to escort people across campus that were uncomfortable going alone. So if your student is at a college, um, university, a place that has a service like that, that can be used to help keep people safe. Um, If they're really worried about traveling or doing something, you know, we have Uber now. And so, you know, making sure that you, you know, use Uber properly, make sure it's the right car and that's safe. And that's a whole different topic of making sure that ride shares are safe and doing things to make sure that you're safe there. But that is an option if you didn't want to walk by yourself in places we have taxis, we have Ubers. Um, if, if you're on a campus that has, uh, you know, something that could help like that, either a, a campus escort service or law enforcement or security that, that provide that kind of service. So that's something else to always to look at. Um, try to choose the well-lit, populate, populated areas to walk. Okay, I'm walking down the street this way. And the long way is down the sidewalk, around the corner, and then back this way. Or I could cut through this alley that has absolutely no lights, garbage cans, and some homeless people sleeping by the garbage can. And a weird-looking guy, you know, a little bit halfway down. Okay, do I go the long way where I'm well-lit, all the way I got stores and stuff? Or do I cut through this dark alley that has some sketchy people that make me nervous because it's shorter? Okay. Pretty obvious. We want to take the longer way that's well lit, populated. Don't take shortcuts that are gonna take you through an area that might be not as safe. I'm gonna say hello to Kellen. Thank you, Kellen. Good morning to you. I'm gonna say hi to Randy. Um Thank you, Randy. appreciate the comment. Okay, So staying in well-lit areas, staying out of the fringe areas. You know, where do you park on campus or in the city? We park under the lights. We park places closer to the businesses, not way out in the fringe area of the parking lot or the fringe area of campus or the fringe areas. Those are always going to be a little bit more dangerous because there's less people, less lights, and you know, people like you know that want to do bad things will hang out and look for people in those areas. You're more attractive a target when you're more isolated. So the less we can do to you know be isolated, the more safe we can be. Um, let someone know where you're going and when you're going to return. Okay. if you're going to a certain place, let somebody know when you're leaving, when you expect to arrive, when do you expect to return home, when do you expect to return to your dorm? You know, if people know where you're at in a general idea of when you're going to be back and you keep them informed, if you don't show up, they can notify authorities more quickly. And that always helps authorities um, the sooner they know stuff. Goodness, Kellen says, I'm telling my daughter in college to listen to all your tips. Thank you, Kellen. I'm hopefully that she does listen and they, they can help her be more safe. I want her to have a fantastic college experience and don't want her to become a victim while she's there. And that's what I'm all about. Enjoying stuff, but doing it safely. And college is a great time to enjoy. But I want you to be safe, your daughter to be safe, just like I want my daughter to be safe. Like I want everybody listening's kids to be safe while they're enjoying life. Something else we can do. Never get into a stranger's vehicle and go with a stranger. You know, a guy comes up, pulls up to the sidewalk and says, get in the car. No. You run. You get the heck out of there. If they grab you, you fight immediately and get Escape and go to safety. Never go to the secondary crime scene. Now, you know That's what the law enforcement will call it. The primary crime scene is where they abduct you on the sidewalk. The secondary crime scene is where they find your body. And in most cases, they will find a person, um, find the body. If you can escape immediately, that gives you your best chance of survival. And I don't care if they have a gun. Somebody pulls up and points a gun at you and says, get in the van, the odds are better if you immediately sprint towards safety than getting in that van. I mean, what are the odds that person's going to shoot? Okay, probably won't if you're in a city environment. And then the odds of them actually hitting you, a sprinting moving target, the odds are low, okay? If they do hit you, the odds that it's a fatal shot are still low. I mean, I think I remember reading in a book years ago, the FBI and stuff said it was something like maybe 8% chance or so, somewhere down there it was less than 10% chance that you would be killed if you immediately sprinted away from somebody that came up with a gun and said, get in the car. The odds of you getting killed if you get in that car are so dramatically higher. So we fight back immediately, we escape to safety immediately, we never go with a stranger, we never get in that car, and we do everything we can not to. And that means if they grab you, you scream, you holler, you fight with everything you have, bite, scratch, eye gouge, whatever it takes to get away. We're not trying to subdue the bad guy or beat the bad guy up, we're trying to create pain to have an opening that we can then escape and get away. And that brings us back to being physically fit. The more physically fit you are, so you can fight back, so you can sprint away, that increases your safety. And often being more physically fit will increase your confidence, which makes you walk with your head up, shoulders back, more confident. You look like a harder target, so they avoid you in the first place. See how all this stuff sort of works away? Okay. If you are attacked and you run away, or if somebody just gives you the creeps and you get away, report report it to the police. And let and and your situational awareness that I'm always preaching about should help you identify and remember more about the individual that you report. Give the police officers or sheriff's department, campus police, whoever you're reporting it to, the best descriptions and details that you can to help them make sure they can investigate and make sure if this is a threat to somebody else or not. Because I want you to be safe, but then we can also make sure that some of these predators are stopped so nobody else gets attacked either. Okay, So those are a few things you can do. Now, um, One thing that, you know, like, especially college students might want to do is they're going to call you, the parents, when they're walking home because they're nervous, okay? They're walking across campus after a party at night, and instead of being with friends, they're alone, they're nervous, so they call you. Not a good idea. One, it's not a good idea to be walking alone if they don't have to be, but even if they are walking alone, I don't want them on the phone, okay? They're on the phone, they're distracted. Even if they're looking around while they're on the phone, being on the phone is distracting. And so their full attention isn't being aware of their surroundings and, and how they're projecting themselves. Okay? So put the phones away. No headphones and stuff. And if they're on the phone with you, what can you do? I mean, I guess if the if the person's here on the University of Montana campus and their parents are here in Missoula, that you could call 911. But if your student is in a different 911 code, you can't even call the police for him. You'd have to look up the police number of where they're at. And if you don't have it really quick on speed dial or something, but you can't do much from where you're at. And if they call a friend, that friend can't do anything from where they're at, right? So you are better off having the phone put away and being more aware. Head up, looking around, being aware of your surroundings. Now, if you want something in your hand, I'm going to, I got to do it. Before I do it beginning of this, I'm going to make a couple comments. Kellen says, if I'm going to a location I have never been before, I will send my location to my daughter. And that's good if your daughter can do something. Uh, You know, again, if you are some places people know where you're at, it gives them An ability to report things to law enforcement if something happens and give additional information, which will help the law enforcement investigation to hopefully get people back alive Um, because time counts, seconds count in those kind of situations. And so more people have information that can help them, the better people can be. And I wanted to say hi to Richard. Um, great message and timely for us with a son in college. Great. I hope this does help you, Rich. And I and I hope, you know, your son stays safe and, and enjoys the college experience because we want him to enjoy it. We just want him to be safe doing it. So I'm going to get back to what I was going to say. I want you to put your phone away. I don't want you walking across campus with your phone. But, you know, that it's that security blanket, calling mom and dad or calling a friend, having the phone in your hand. Well, if you want something in your hand to be more, a little bit more reassuring, have something you can defend yourself with. Obviously, because I work with Reflex Protect, I'm going to re- um, recommend Reflex Protect. Um, if all you if you have a pepper spray, I, I'm not gonna say don't have pepper spray because pepper spray is good too. I just like Reflex Protect a little bit better. Now, if you have this small carry size, I don't want you using your finger. You're gonna carry it, and your thumb is gonna be ready. Don't put your thumb inside yet because if you're nervous and scared, you might accidentally discharge. Have your thumb on top, ready. If something makes you nervous and somebody's coming up to you, then you put your thumb inside here and you use your commands. We're still going to be assertive, not aggressive. Stop right there, leave me alone. And they see you got that, you know, spray in your hand that if they keep coming, you told them to stop and leave you alone. That's all you need to do. If they keep coming, aggressing towards you and you believe they are going to hurt you, you have the right to defend yourself. They don't have to hit you first. They don't have to grab you first. You've told them to stop. They're coming aggressively towards you. You believe you're going to be hurt. You have the right to spray them and defend yourself and then get to safety. Okay. Now, if you have never sprayed one of these before, I would still, I would strongly encourage buying an inert and the same for pepper spray. If you've never sprayed your pepper spray, I would encourage getting an inert one. And, or just buying two, you can spray a lot. You can practice with the live one too, or you can practice with the inert ones, a little more safe and practice where you're carrying it. And you, you know, and you could go out to a place where you use a telephone pole or a tree or some, something as a target and you stop right there and you spray the tree or you, you know, spray your target. So you make sure, because this is a stream reflex protect, you want to make sure you can get that stream coming out and hit what you aim at and be familiar with it, and practice with it, so when you're actually walking with a real one, you are ready, okay? And you can have that in your hand if you're nervous. You see something that makes you, you know, somebody coming towards you that makes you nervous, just leave me alone, stop right there, okay? And most of the time, they're going to go the other way. If they keep aggressing, you can say, stop, I mean it. If they keep aggressing, you just let them have it in the face. It's non-lethal, you know, it's going to suck for them. It's going to hurt blindly. You get this in the eyes and their eyes are going to close and it's going to burn like a son of a gun and you are running to safety and getting somewhere safe. And the nice thing about this um, with Reflex Protect, it has a UV dye in it. So you can report it to the police and they can find the person. Cause even if the pain is worn off a half hour, hour later, they, they're going to have the dye on them. You know, so you tell the description and the police can get them because they have the dye on them. Okay. So I strongly recommend uh, Reflex Protect as a personal protection device to have on you because you can stop them at that distance. Um, pepper spray will work as well. Um, if you're carrying a pepper spray, you got to know, is it is it a fogger? Is it a cone? Is it a stream like Reflex Protect? So that's why you got to practice and know what you're using and realize that especially if it's a big fog, you might be inhaling some too, Okay. And so you, you have that to worry about. And if you're inside, it's gonna cross contaminate everywhere. Um, the nice thing about Reflex Protect, it comes out in the stream, it's not gonna cross contaminate, it's only gonna get the person you spray. Now, if you're outside and there's a heavy wind, yes, a heavy wind's gonna blow it back. I mean, it, it's not a magic wand. Heavy wind will affect it, you know, so wind could blow some back toward you or make you miss. Um, if you miss completely and you spray them all over the chest or you go past him, it's not going to work. I mean, it's not a magic wand. You got to get him in the eyes. And you have to make sure wind doesn't blow it back in your own face, you know, if you're outside in a good wind. Um, so you do have to be careful about those kind of things. I'm going to say hello to Wes before I get into the next thing. I appreciate that, Wes. You have a dynamite day and weekend too. And so now I'm gonna look at other handheld things. Okay, if you don't have a defensive spray like Reflex Protect, there are a lot of different handheld. This happens to be one version of what they call a tactical pin. I don't like the name tactical pin necessarily because it makes it sound like a weapon any good sturdy pen can be, but a lot of these that are sold as tactical pens, don't call it that after you buy it, just say that's my good pen, um, they're made of metal, you know, uh, aircraft aluminum stuff, so you put your thumb on top here, and you hold it tight in that hammer fist, and you just smash the heck out of that guy's face, or if he grabbed you, you smash his arm in hand until he lets go, and you run to safety, again, it's not beating him up, it's creating enough pain that you can then get to safety. And there are a lot of other things sold on the market um, that you handheld different things that can do similar things. You hold them in that hammer fist and you smash them against the person's hand, grabbing you, smash them against their face, whatever it takes. So then you can run to safety. So that would be a secondary type item to the defensive spray. I like the spray because they don't have to be so close to you. Um, For something like this, they got to be within arm's reach to reach and to use. And again, this might take a little bit of training too. The more you train with something that you're going to carry, the better you're going to be able to use it under that stress. But even without training, you know, if you had a set of keys, don't do that bull crap that you know sticking them out the knuckles and stuff I don't want that just have that little key sticking out the bottom of your hand so you just start smashing with the bottom of that key with that hammer fist and ripping the guy's face apart or ripping his hand that grabbed you or something so then you can escape to safety okay mindset is your most important thing okay you are going to do whatever it takes not to be a victim okay but If we can walk confidently, be situationally aware, pay attention, do all this stuff I talked about before I got into the weapons, we can avoid and be safe the majority of the time. And these things are just for those rare incidents where that other stuff wasn't enough. And it gives us a tool to defend ourselves. Now, absent a tool, you have absolutely nothing but your hands and feet and teeth We're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to go for the eyes. We're going to go for the ears. We're going to go for the throat. And we're going to create some pain and damage so we can then escape to safety. So I hope that this answered the question to the email I received. And if it didn't, I will, you know, write me again and I'll follow up with any specifics. If anybody else has questions about this, I'm glad to help. That's what I'm here for, to help you enjoy life safely. And that goes for your kids off at high school or in college, wherever they're at. I want them to enjoy life safely too. So pass this lesson around to people that you think could use this or have kids that could use this advice. And I will see you tomorrow. And as Wes said, make it a dynamite day and weekend.